0: Quarantining at the beach, where we do our best quarantining, wide open spaces and whatnot, you know, so uh, that's where we were. Fellowship Center, I think, is coming on board right about now. Fellowship Center, can you hear me? Give me a wave. All right, there we go. We got some clapping. I like that. Uh, Phyllis and Tony are here, my sister. It's kind of weird still for me to say. We discovered that she's not a new sister because she, she's been my sister for 44 years. She's a newly found sister. So uh, she and Tony are here today. Welcome. WFR, they've been going over with mom and dad some at, uh, at university. All right, so let's, uh, let's, we got our scripture reader here today. I want to get that. Uh, Ethne Tonages. Would you come up here, Ethne? Ethne is 10 years old. And you know what she was doing the day after the hurricane? She was out there helping clean up. I think that's a pretty awesome thing that you did. I think she deserves some applause. It says here, Anthony, on my, on my cheat sheet that you love art and coloring and that you want to work at Stanley Steamer when you grow up. Yep. Now, there's a girl who knows where she's going, right? Cleaning carpets. I like it. All right, here's our verse. I'm going to hold this for you. John 11:25. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. All right, good job. Thank you, Edna. Stanley Steamer, 10 years old. I didn't even know who I was. It's awesome. I love it. So uh, I hear that Tommy Inman decided to poke the bear last week. And not only did he poke the bear, he poked him in the belly. (laughs) Luckily for Mr. Inman, I'm like former First Lady Michelle Obama. When they go low, I go high. (laughs) Just like Inman's voice. So I'm watching the live stream, and I, for some reason, when, when Tommy comes up, I lose video so I could only hear what he was saying. And I wasn't sure if I was listening to a sermon or an opera. I mean, you get high when you get excited. I mean, he was, ooh, hoo, hoo. It was really good, though. So Tommy does look good. a man at his advanced age, uh, he's really taking care of his body. Uh, It looks great. It does, no doubt about it. But his body is the biggest hypocrite in this house. The reason why is because it looks so good, but he's had more breakdowns than Chad Johnson's truck. And that's a lot. So, Tommy, I do appreciate fashion advice, especially from an aged gentleman like yourself. The problem is, if I follow Emmons' advice, it breaks one of my lifelong held rules. Never take fashion tips from a man wearing Crocs. <laughs> I actually have the whole 30 minutes worth of this. <laughs> but, you know, Michelle Obama, I'm going to go high. One thing that is, uh, is not a joke, Tom, is your sermon was amazing. Man. So powerful. Yeah, give him a round. I love being able to make a clear distinction on Jesus versus the thief who came to steal and destroy. I mean, that was beautiful and and amazing. I love Mike's sermon the week before about love and action. And in both of those, I saw the same clear contrast because, you know, when you're watching the news, And you see these these folks that are going out and just destroying other people's property, their businesses, um, sometimes the people themselves. And when you compare that to what we saw in that video, what uh, our little Tonja's girl was a part of, when you see people going out and helping people build and preserve and kindness and love and just prayer and lifting people up, That's what we need the people of God to be doing. And we need to see that clear contrast, right? And and somehow we've got to get the same message that allows us to want to build and to help and to, you know, assist our fellow man to the people who don't know that story at all. That's why they do what they do. They're blindly following the evil one, the thief, and they don't even know it. But we know it. And that's why we have to continue to tell them. We mentioned some about One Kingdom Sunday, which is great. Uh, That's coming up October 18th. And so that's where you see more opportunities to do what we're doing around the world. So be sure and be planning to give that day um, to that great ministry. It's going to be awesome. So today our story is from John 11. And I'm batting a little bit of sinuses, so I apologize in advance. You know, everybody's worried about COVID. I just can't get over my sinus issues, which is normal, right, for this time of year. By the way, a family here from Arkansas that are going to be baptized later Welcome to you guys. Uh, I love it that people are just coming from all over the country to turn themselves in, right? It's awesome. I think uh, Dad baptized 12 last week over at university. Uh, they just, they're turning themselves in. Uh, our live stream, our podcast, uh, the, the Unashamed podcast, and other opportunities uh, in our community, which is fantastic. I'm super, super excited about today's sermon. I've been praying a lot this week that I would not mess this up because it's just so good it almost preaches itself. Uh, It's powerful. We're in the book of John, chapter 11, and it's one of my favorite stories. So if you have your your Bibles, your cell phones, your tablets, however you're reading the Word of God these days, if you'll turn there to John, chapter 11, we're going to look at a man named Lazarus. Verse 1 says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. John's just kind of reminding the the reader who she is. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. The implication was, you need to get here fast. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. I love that. It's just like the story that we talked about back in John 9 where people looked at the man born blind. They were like, you know, what's going on with this guy? And, and Jesus says God's going to gain glory uh, out of what's going to ha- what has happened and what will happen to this man. He says the same thing here. I love it because Jesus always knows what he's about to do, but his audience has no idea. And so it's just every story you're just kind of waiting to see if they're going to be able to see what he's talking about. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, which is very odd, right? I mean, it's clear he loves him. It's clear they're they're asking him, pleading with him to come quickly because Lazarus is dying. And Jesus says, I think we'll stay two more days. Because he had an idea about how God was going to be glorified. Our first thought today is that whether it's life or death, one of the things you see in Jesus in this principle is that he doesn't panic in a life or death situation. Always calm, always knows the plan of God, always knows something good's going to come out of it. Dad said uh, recently on our podcast that he said, uh, he told Jason and I, he said, I've seen more fear. The last six months in America than any time in my life. And I thought, that's quite the statement. You know, dad's almost 75 years old. He's been around and seen a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, we're talking about nuclear war threats and Cold War and, you know, people being frightened about all kind of different things. But he's probably right. What is it about this current time, this in 2020? So many people so afraid go out of their homes, talk to somebody else, go eat dinner now, fear. Well, as Tommy pointed out beautifully last week, you see, that's what the thief does. He loves to steal people's assurance. He loves for people to be afraid because the more fearful and panicked people are, the easier they are to control. I mean, I see it at a cultural level, at a, at, a, at a country level. But even in that bigger vision of a spiritual level, that's where fear really does do a number on people. And so the evil one just keeps settling the lie. And then Jesus comes along and says, you know what? You don't need to panic. You don't need to be fearful. You need to be like me. Because life or death situations are different for believers in Christ. That's every single one of us. This last week we found out my good friend Ron Mamoudian has a brain tumor. You know, and when Ron and I talked, I said, Ron, this, you know, this this is a bad one. This may be the one. I'm, of course, praying for healing, restoration. We all are. But this may be something that's going to bring God glory in a way that this may be it. And I loved it. You know why? Because he he didn't panic. I said, man, look at what God has done in you already. The man I first met a few years ago to the man I'm looking at today. That's what believers do. Because they understand who Jesus is. They understand his power. Paul said this in a few of his writings. He told the Thessalonians, we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. I don't like saying goodbye to family and friends, even for a little while. But when you have hope in the resurrection, that's not the end of it. Every life or death situation is in Jesus. He told the Corinthians, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? That's why I've been in so many times right here in this room and we sing praises to God. And there is a casket with someone I love deeply in it. And we sing praises because we know we see them again. We don't panic. It's not the end of our line. The blue line just keeps on going. He told Timothy, Christ Jesus has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Destroyed, past tense. We have no fear of death. The Hebrew writer tells us that Jesus shared in our humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him, the devil, who holds the power of death and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. That's why you're seeing what you're seeing in this current crisis. Because people are so afraid to die. And if you didn't know Jesus and you thought this was it, and 70 years was about the best you are going to get out of the deal, I could see why you would be so afraid all the time. We don't panic. Manny Canales was right. We win. We win. We win. Look back at John 11. Let's, let's drop down to verse 11. This is a a phrase that Jesus started using. He actually started with Jairus' daughter back in, in Luke 8. But he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I love that. That's so comforting. You know, last night I fell asleep. This morning I woke up. That's what he compares what's happened. But I'm going there to wake him up. Now he meant raise him up, right? The disciples, those guys are always on top of things. They replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Which is, that's a good thing to say, right? Because that's what I tell you. You get sick, you go sleep, and sometimes you feel better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. I love it. John's always got to say, you know, we were, and he's including himself. So then he told them plainly, because they didn't get what he was talking about. Lazarus is dead. Now, that had to be shocking to them. Well, you just said he fell asleep, Lord. That means he died. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. How would that make you feel if you were on the disciples like, oh, I mean, he's he's dead for my sake. Now you may believe. The old stinking devil. This jealousy, this bitterness, this greed, this pride. You fill in the blank. Stinks. Sin. No good. Live. Live. Glorify God. So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. I love it when he has to explain himself so many times. But that's how we are. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Man, I wish I could have been there to see that. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And the first mummy movie script was born, right? The first zombie. And that's how we imagine it, right? He's all wrapped up. He's, I mean, just think about from his perspective. He just woke up. Now he's all wrapped up. Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I love that. Let him go. He's raring to go. Can you imagine people sitting around talking about this? I thought about Lazarus. When he died the second time, because he died again, do you think he had confidence in the resurrection? I mean, he knew, right? He had been there. And now he's back. Powerful. Why would anyone not want to believe that? Why would anyone want to say, you know what, this is not for me. You know, religion, whatever, the God stuff, Jesus stuff. Who doesn't want to live again? Who wants to look at a six foot hole and think that's that's where it stops for me. Why would anyone not want to believe this? You guys have come up, John. I want to read you a verse from John 12 that we'll be getting into later. And it's a warning verse because as exciting as this is and as awesome as this is, people still not only not want to believe it, but they want to be against it. In John 12, 42 and 43, at the same time, Many, even among the leaders, believed in it, and, and it's understandable. The man was dead for four days and walked out zombie-style and was alive But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. Really? For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Boy, that's a warning shot across the bow, folks. That's once again the Eve one. The flattering, itching ears. They want to hear praise from men instead of trusting in Christ. You know what they wanted to do? Not only did they want to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus. What did he do? All he did was get woke up. Kill him again, they said. That's what evil does. We're seeing some pretty naked, unafraid evil going on right now. And we better be ready for it. You're going to have to draw the line in the sand about whether you're a believer and you believe this or not. Our day is coming where we're going to be put to the test. I mean, all of us. And it's already here. Do you believe? And are you willing to live it? That's the question this morning. If you've never obeyed the gospel, if you've never confessed faith in Jesus Christ, today is the day. You make the decision, you pick your side, and you live the resurrection life. And you will be not only born again, but you will never die. That's what comes out of this text today. And what a blessing. If you have a need to do that today, whether it's in the Fellowship Center here or online in the live stream, why don't you? come forward now while we stand and while we sing.